Unlocking the Cage is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific at Manager's Comedy. Tune in to chat and share your opinions and help us unlock the cage. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of screen and stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Good afternoon, everybody. It's another episode of Unlocking the Cage. I am here with a black screen. There he is. <laughs> I'm your host, Meg. I'm here with Chris. Chris. I, I don't want the world to see me because I don't think that they'd understand. <laughs> I I, I uh, Now that they can see you, they see that you're wearing this great... Co- oh, goodbye. All right, he's back. Your great costume. Um, can you describe your costume? I have the, the traditional angel outfit with a very, very, very deep V. I can go <laughs> real deep with it. You don't even want to know how far I could go with this V. <laughs> So much V. Lots you don't of... know that we don't want to know. <laughs> Who is that voice from behind this, the curtain? <laughs> We've got a little preview of one of our Our guests are champing at the bit to get out here. <laughs> Meg, you better. They're, they're champing at the bit to roast you. Uh, All right. So uh, so the purpose of this show is to watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 100 plus movies. We record live on Twitch every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, twitch.tv slash managers comedy. If you are listening to this as a podcast and prefer to see the visual version of it and see Chris's uh, deep V, so deep, such a deep V. That's like uh, 12 inches of V. 12, <laughs> 12 inches of V. I feel like that's an album name for uh, Luther Vandross. Oh God! Oh, we, we got some right there. Some lag. Um. All right. So, uh, if you want to see the visual version, go to YouTube.com/slash/managers/comedy. And we are talking about City of Angels today. We have guests. We have two guests. A rare double guest episode. They are songwriter and musician Rachel Keel and guy we know Dan Slimmon. Uh, hello. Hi guys. And guy delighted to be here. Did he did he agree to that introduction? Guy we know and guy we know. I suggest I don't have any accomplishments. So that was the the introduction that I suggested. Hey, you know, it sets the bar low. The audience isn't expecting anything out of you. Like, oh, this is the guy. (laughs) At least I'm not a guy you don't know. Yeah. That's true. And stranger to us. Dance. man we found outside our house <laughs> angel that watches me while i'm changing oh and guy who says he's a messenger who just kind of showed up to the show uh this guy dan it's weird he doesn't he doesn't photograph though he's just it's a just blinding <laughs> ray of light that would be the, the real cosplay for this movie it's just i tried to cut myself with a knife earlier and well it didn't go great <laughs> <laughs> it worked very well uh Oh, it boy. led to your it led to your wife stabbing you. <laughs> What's your wrong with you? All right, guys. So we're watching we we watched the movie City of Angels. Um I before we talk about this, I, I give you guys a lot of credit from my understanding. You you two both um prepped for this by doing a little mini Nicolas Cage film series. Is that right? We did. And how many did you guys see and what was your experience like? And did we mm-hmm. well We've watched some over time, like we saw Face Off together at one point in real life. And we did watch National Treasure on purpose and talk, we discussed National Treasure. And then I saw Vampire's Kiss. I don't think Dan saw Vampire's Kiss. No, but we both did watch another one that I forget what it was. But you know, Nicolas Cage movies. 
Uh, well, we watched Wicker Man. We've seen Wicker Man. Yeah, we watched uh, Wicker Man. Yeah, we've watched like at least three Nicolas Cage movies together. Wicker Man. Some of, like one some of our... those were uh, some of those were in preparation for the show, and some of them was were just like a just coincidence, us. right? Just for scuzz. Just scuzz. Just for scuzz. <laughs> just for scuzz. Is that? I like... didn't do it. I want to go on the record that I didn't do it for scuzz. <laughs> uh, Is scuzz Wesleyan? From... Oh, okay. That's a line from Home for the Holidays. With that's a movie everyone should see. Holly Hunter, Home for the Holidays. She at one point they're like, "Why'd you make out with your sixty-year-old boss?" And she's like, "Just for scuzz." <laughs> I think about that all the time. I thought this was some kind of Wesleyan uh, shorthand that was getting thrown around here. Or are Esper you guys scuzz. all Wesleyan people or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So these sure. the, these two are my are the first guests we've had that are college friends of mine. So that's fun. So we can all share embarrassing stories about each other from our college years. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I, I don't have any. You, don't have you were any. all Because <laughs> I, I think it would shift the focus of the entire show over to just Wesley and college stories. Like the time, yeah. I know there's one about a couch that got lit on fire. That's one that Meg tells a lot. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> talk about that. That is oh. my favorite story from college is when a bunch of people dragged, a bunch of naked people dragged a, uh, a Mask- couch out on Masked naked people. They're masked naked people. They all dragged a couch out onto the soccer field. We were all sitting on Foss Hill watching. They covered it in lighter fluid, set it on fire, ran away. A single public safety yeah. officer came and tried to put like it the out. Like the scene from Face Off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of lighting couches on fire. Yeah. So how about <laughs> Nick Cage's... This is- let me let's 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 talk about this movie. So I uh, I think Dan, you were originally scheduled for a different movie. We ended up combining your episode with Rachel, and you guys picked the movie together. Can you tell me a little bit about why you guys picked this movie? I think it was Rachel's prompting. Uh, I really wanted to. Well, first of all, I had kind of wanted to do adaptation because that is one of my favorite movies of all time. But I hear that is that's a taken film. Uh, so my, I was like looking at the whole list of Nicolas Cage movies and then it occurred to me that City of Angels was like really important to me when I was 13 or 14 or 15. I'm thinking, like I was thinking about this. I was like, did I watch it right immediately when it came out, like in the theater or was it a little bit after? But like in the 1998 to 2001 window, at some point I saw this, maybe even multiple times, bought the soundtrack, listened to it, <laughs> every day probably for like years um and i was like wow it would be really cool to revisit that after 20 years or whatever so dan was nice enough to agree to do that one because yeah seemed fine i don't know <laughs> I, I i have vague mem- memories of you know I, I, well not not really vague i have strong memories of when this movie came out i never saw it but it, you know the marketing budget was Mm. was just enormous you it was everywhere and i remember thinking oh okay i guess this is the kind of movie that adults like like i was what 12 13 and i was like this does not look appealing at all but well uh, i want to ask you this is going to come up in my notes later but was your distinct thought this is for girls because that's <laughs> i do feel like you know um marketing wise it was uh you know, very gendered in its presentation. There was a whole like kind of romance novel for girls. I think I secretly wanted to see it because I was interested in the, in the, at the time I was like doing, reading a bunch about the different choirs of angels and how they all relate to one another. And I was interested in angels as a concept. I never, I never was a person who thought 
that an angel would come to me in my life. But, uh, you know, I, I thought categories, I loved, the, I loved categories. So I was, and I was what, learning all about that. And I thought, was oh. more of like a, more of like a academic interest than like a yes. religious interest. And yes. when you studied, when you studied angels, what did they have to say about the plunging V-neck t-shirts? <laughs> uh, you know, that's actually not biblical. Well, it's not in the old Testament. Ah, that's the new, new Testament, the way new. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote I wrote a, a fanfic testament that has that word. <laughs> the fanfic <laughs> testament. Now, this is a serious question. If you did study this stuff, is there like a specific type of angel that these guys would be? If you was like, if you were gonna map it to like actual lore or whatever. Rachel, you looked like you had an opinion. So, uh, I mean, this is its own thing. These 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 guys like nobody describes angels like this as as far as i you know everybody has their own idea about what angels do some people believe they live in libraries and and help you uh read read books but uh <laughs> you know again none of this is in the on the wikipedia page on angels yeah i feel like some of the angel stuff is like angels are either just like a ball of light or like unimaginable or like weird creatures with like you know like uh, in Wrinkle in Time, aren't the angels like weird? You know, they have like wings and eyeballs and breathing fire in it. So That's they're biblical. not hot. That's the biblical uh, picture of an angel, like a big freaky yeah. thing with lots of eyeballs, right? Isn't that yeah. what they say? Yeah, right. Yeah, but like I would have loved that if that was if Nick Cage was playing that. In this yeah, movie. they should have went hardcore right out of like you know fundamental right out of the book. Yeah, I feel like Chris, you have a perspective on this because when did you go to Catholic school? I did. Uh, but I have, I mean, it has not shaped my perspective of this film at all. Well, just in terms of the, yeah. <laughs> just the, the, anyway. Uh, in terms of like, uh, like, is there any kind of biblical context to this? I know there's like stuff I don't like know. Like, and I was wondering like, you know, there's like seraphim or like there's different choirs or whatever. I didn't know if the, like the writers had anything in mind. I didn't do any research on this, but yeah. I don't think they had anything in mind, no. like at all. I think that zero... <laughs> in mind it was all heart 100 percent, 110 percent heart uh, my opinion all right so let's so let's so chris so you have seen this movie before yes when you were did you see it like around the time it came out no i yeah i did see it when it came out i just remember being a child and being very confused by a lot of the things in this film being like this is weird but having a huge crush on meg ryan huge only to now learn that she was 37 when this movie was filmed Still, I mean, like, like I, I mean, mean, that's age appropriate. It's great. <laughs> I'm not. I was like a 12 year old with a huge crush <laughs> on a 37 year old, just like amazing. I mean, a lot of kids had crushes on like animated foxes, so I think like a 37 year old woman is totally fine. About the same, yeah. Yeah. I, I I was trying to think if I had seen this movie. I was pretty sure I had seen this movie, but I think similar to Dan's thought, it was just so heavily advertised, and I saw the music video, <laughs> and. Nothing in this movie was familiar to me at all. Like the ending was a total surprise to me, aside from the fact that someone spoiled it for me before the movie. But like, I had never seen this movie before. I had the opposite feeling where like, I was like, maybe I won't really remember that much of this. And like within the first 30 seconds, I was like, <laughs> like all the like, memories of being 13 just like hit me in the chest. And I kind of like turned into liquid and it was... It was just that way the whole time. Yeah, like like every time anything happened, I was like, "Oh, I know what's happening next." Flashbacks. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot for me. No regrets. So, um, let me before we get dig into the plot of this movie. So, I just want to give you guys a little background on the movie. Uh, this movie is from 1998. Um, it was 
Nick Cage's first movie after the Con Air Face Off The Rock trilogy. So you can see he was like, action movie, action movie, action movie. All right. I'm a romantic lead now. Just going to try something new. Um, also, same year as You Got Mail for Meg Ryan. So these are like stars at the peaks of their career, pretty much. And, you know, arguably. So this is this was a big movie. It made uh, $200 million on a $55 million budget. So very successful critically kind of meh um the director is a guy named brad silberling who it seems like he's more of a tv director but he did direct the movie casper which i have seen many times which is also a movie <laughs> it's also a movie <laughs> about the afterlife damn um, that's a hot take he has interests <laughs> restricted inter- interests yeah Casper, this is our comment from the. Is there a reason, Chris, that the, the chat comments are blurry? Uh, I think that's your eyesight going. Oh, I don't. <laughs> no, they're blurry for me too. Do I get to are see they them? Obscene. <laughs> I oh, see. I see. They're I like see the, blurred out. The text. The 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 um person's name is blurred out. I'm pretty it's sure. It's Brendan. That's, yeah, I just can't see it for oh, some reason. Anyway, yeah, that's just my. Oh, crappy. guys, if I should I have the Twitch open so I can see the comments? How do I do? Well, that? Theoretically, the, they should be on the screen. The goal is that you can use this, but yeah. Uh, if the, anyway, if the but comment says Casper rules. Casper does rule. Massive crush on Casper as a human. Likewise for Christina Ricci. <laughs> As a human, um, well, you know, okay. Well, kid. One more thing about this: the soundtrack. What the soundtrack is obviously a big deal. It went five times platinum. Um, we'll definitely be talking about the soundtrack a lot. And uh, for those who don't know, this movie is a remake of a German movie called Wings of Desire from 1987. We will put a pin in that because we're going to show some clips of that later and talk a little more to more of that. But um, this is like a German art house movie that was made into a american mainstream blockbuster i'm gonna step away because i didn't think through wearing a wool coat for the entirety of this thing so i'm just gonna fair. slip into a t-shirt real quick okay we'll keep going bye chris bye do you guys want to hear my i made two thesis statements about this movie do you want to hear yes. them at the end or do you want to hear them now now okay two thesis statements are one i think this movie really appealed to me as a teenager because it's sort of like about being a teenager where you're like, I'm having all these weird feelings. I'm understanding, I can smell and touch and see the, yeah, it's, it's just like, and I have, all, and I'm very sad and it's like all very, I'm very earnest and I'm very sad and I'm having new feelings for the first time. <laughs> so I think it's really a great movie for teenagers and maybe secretly about teenagers. Maybe it's about puberty. Yeah. It could be. Secondly, uh, my other thesis is that this is the movie version of the mixtape that I made in uh, 10th grade where that had mostly songs from this soundtrack on it, where one half of it was about my crush at the time and side B was about 9-11. This is the movie embodiment of that where half of the movie is about your crush and the other half is about 9-11, so... What were some of the songs on the 9-11 side of the mixtape? Oh my God. It's like, I can't, the level of, I don't even know if we should talk about this in public. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be dragged for this, guys. Uh, the 9-11 side had, it's the end of the world as we know it by R.E.M. It had I Grieve by Peter Gabriel, which uh, you might you'll hear some of later. Did it have Mad World on it? Uh, it didn't have Mad World. I don't think I knew that song yet. 
Um, it got, I mean, I could get it out. I have it downstairs. No, Maybe that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I will we'll spare you the, the. Yeah, but I just, I really felt like that movie was that tape. So anyway. I mean, it, it, well, we'll talk about, we'll talk about this, but it, you know, it writes, it writes some pretty serious checks, this movie. Mm-hmm. It does. Ambitious. It's an ambitious film. So let's let's talk about the first section of this, can, which can, is just yeah. Go ahead. Chris. I want to point something out if we're going to get into the top of this movie. Yes. Starts just like Face Off with Nick Cage killing a child. <laughs> Two movies he started in the first scene killing a child. That's incredible. For does an he actor, kill the child or does he help the child go to heaven after the child dies of natural causes? I mean, a room full of doctors are trying to save this child's life, and he's like, "Nope, soul." And you know. Like, in Wicker Man, he he kills a child by not by by failing to save the child from the car. But it turns out that that child was an illusion. So I guess maybe is that this on count. you guys' bingo card? Kills a child because if not, no. I, but it it sure is now. I don't want to get sucked into that one. We got sucked into that with Underwater Scuba Propeller because it was in two <laughs> of his films. I don't know if, this, if there's a third one. Oh my god. I want to. I, I it's too late at this point. But I wish like three uh, i wish like um um what like near the beginning we had done uh lumber logs feature heavily because we've had three movies where uh either someone gets like injured by logs or logs are like a thematic thing which are the movie next we just watched that last week has a has a a, a log falling situation and I also that movie you don't Logan. know next no Oh, it's a weird, it's a fun one. Well, if you're into logs, I recommend it because it has a lot of logs. It does have a lot of logs. Nick Cage plays a lumberjack slash bear carver. He carves bears out of logs who uh, is hired. I just made this up. That's not actually (laughs) a plot. He does play a lumberjack in Mandy though. (laughs) Anyway, so we we start off with a kid, a kid dying. It's real sad. Just want to check in with everyone. How oft, How many times did you cry rewatching this movie? I cried definitely within the first five minutes when the kid died. And I cried in the middle. And I think at the end, I think at least three times. I'd like to say the saddest parts of the movie for me when I cried the most were when people are grieving heavily. Like, it is very powerful to see people sob mm-hmm. over the death of somebody, which I think happened through at least three separate times. And it was pretty well done realistically where like you find out that someone is dead and you're like very shocked and then you're like hysterical. And that really gets me. I can't, I can't live through that without a, a cry. It's so. like the family when the, the, she had to oh, go Oh, that tell was the, so sad. That yeah. was so freaking sad. Oh man. Yeah. Parts and I mean, it, the movie was very well, I, 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 we'll get into what we thought of Nick Cage's performance, but I would say, I think we would probably all agree that everybody else in the movie did a good job acting. Everyone gave it their best shot. Yeah. I think I feel. I feel like I feel like a lot of the characters were really well acted. I don't know. That's my opinion. I, I did not think that the problem with this movie was the acting. True that. <laughs> so, so we 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 learn about the world of the angels. So we've got uh, Nick Cage is an angel named Seth. <laughs> Seth Green. Seth, just Seth. Is that Bible? I didn't Google it, but that's probably some kind of biblical. Seth is someone in the Bible. I don't know which one. Yeah, I don't know the significance of Seth, but the other guy's name is Cassiel. So it's uh, just a, a big mis- mismatch. And in, in, in the uh, in the original movie, Wings of Desire, I think his name is like Damien or D- uh, Dario, something. Dario Naharis. Uh, and- 
He's it's uh it's Andre Brower of uh yes. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, the captain from Brooklyn Nine Nine is his his. Partner. Oh, you guys, Seth is the uh, third son of Adam and Eve and the brother of Cain and Abel. I didn't know they had Adam and Eve. Yeah. Yeah, they have three kids. One of them was Seth, who I guess wasn't as famous. As <laughs> who didn't kill or get killed by any Cain, anybody? Abel and Seth. <laughs> Wait, was that all yes. the kids Adam and Eve had? They only had three boys. I don't know. That's a good point. Because who had sex with sense. Eve to make more people at that oh. point? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Seth. <laughs> Seth was just super chill, so he didn't make into the into the cut. <laughs> So, all right. So we learned, we learned a little about the, so, so if you guys can help me understand this, because I, to this day, I do not understand this. What are the angels jobs? They seem to be the people that pick up people when they die and take them to heaven. I get that. Right. So they're but angels also, of death. What? So they're like grim reapers. But they have additional tasks and roles, I think. They nudge. Which include like, they're doing a lot of laying of hands that involves like there's that moment when the guy is like falling asleep and he's an air traffic controller and he like puts his hands on him and he's like, whoa. Uh, so I think that the angels, oh, and there's the thing where they they diffuse the robbery situation so that no one gets hurt. So I think there is like a guardian angel aspect as well as a grim reaper aspect. Here's my it thought. Fuzzy. I think to add to what you're saying, so they show them doing good things, but they also show them, you know, taking people's lives. Are they there to do guardian angel stuff or are they there to just make sure destiny is playing out the well way that's a that's the thing because free will the movie's about free will so it's very complicated about like are they making sure destiny is carried out but like if humans have free will i think they they can just sort of like lightly intervene with free will like, they can just do little nudges i will say that one of the themes of my notes, my five pages of notes here, is that the world, like I, uh, no spoilers, but I love this movie and I'm going to give it 300 stars at the end. <laughs> uh, you can give but, it as many stars as you want because we don't have stars. Well, yeah, you uh, are all, I'm going to like throw off the score and I'm sorry, but. <laughs> it's stars yeah. now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's points plus stars. They're, they're orthogonal. We'll give, we'll give her her own little side stars. But what I want to say is, uh, despite like loving this movie in every way, the world of the film makes no sense. Like the logical holes are everywhere. The metaphysics of it are, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh yeah. Ex yes. The metaphysics are fucked on this, on this movie. Because it doesn't like, yeah, what the angels do doesn't make sense. Does destiny exist? Does free will exist in the world of the film? Why do they have some senses, but not other senses? Why does Nicolas Cage say like, oh, it's so bright and he can see things, but then he can't smell things. Like you know, what? But he smells her hair. He smells he her smells hair at her some hair. point when he's an angel. And like, although I don't think he smelled, he was just sniffing it, but nothing happened. He was like up to her. I got to say this to the podcast audience. Rachel has a handful of printed typed notes on this <laughs> and she's swinging them around like Bernie Sanders on the friggin' like like Congress floor right now. So this is going to be an <laughs> epic episode. Of, I don't know. I'm, I'm scared. I, of I, can't, I can't wait till Rachel's in the middle of a, of a you know, long oh, speech nice. based on her notes and then and then just you know says you know what rips up the notes and says i'll tell you what i really think about city of angels hey thanks for the raid guys that's awesome yeah well welcome to our welcome to the watchers that we're talking about the movie city of angels starring nicholas cage and it's gonna get weird yeah all right sorry so, 
we got we got some emojis hello everybody okay hello. so i want to i want to show a clip because um yes. <laughs> there's so many emojis oh yeah we're gonna get emojis this is great all right, I want to show a clip um, because I want to show the clip of uh, the scene in the library when yes. um, from the uh, from City of Angels, because this is a good comparison point to the movie that it's based off of. I have I have uh, what's it called? Uh, called this thing library creeping. That's what I've entitled this uh, this uh, clip. Search. Searching. What happened to the cards? You could touch the cards. She's been looking at me for the last half hour. Maybe if I just hang your This is a delicious evening when the whole body is one sense and imbibes delight. What if I screamed? What if I just screamed right now? So they can hear their thoughts. Is the implication. Yeah. You knew there would always be a spring as you knew the river would flow again after it was frozen. When the cold rains kept on and killed the spring, it was as though a young person had died for no reason. Yeah. All right. So let's watch uh, the clip from uh, Wings of Desire just so you guys can see. For the audience that... just joining us, this is a the German movie that uh, City of Angels was based on. A lot of creepy camera looks while smiling. Something to note about the German angels is they all have ponytails. That's the guy. That's Nick Cage right there? No, no. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's a... Not a good substitute for Nick Cage. <laughs> I have to say I'm kind of impressed with how they the library in the in new one has some of the same architectural vibe as the one in the old one. It's very similar. And actually, I think this is a good a good enough opportunity. Um, can we show the other clip from Wings of Desire just so you guys can see that th this is what the movie is like in general? Yeah. The this is <laughs> Wings of Desire. The, very, what, 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 what you say? It's a very I was going to say, this is so the one with the trapeze artist. So this is, this is I feel like, a very, uh, what I'm about to show is very, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, representative of what the movie is like. C'est la fin, je ressens rien. Oh, un engel geht vorbei. C'est ma favorite part. Marion! That's the Nick Cage character. Note the ponytail. <laughs> Yeah. So that's the angel's hand. Yeah. That, that's real arty. That's it's real very mumblecore. It's so arty. It's like a German film, but she's still speaking French in her in her monologue. It's like what? It's very, uh, it's, it's, you know, I feel like it's the, it's the black and white. It's the sad faces. It's the, the monologue, internal monologue, it's the slow touching. I actually read that. So it's Vim Vendors. Is that how you pronounce the guy? I always want to say Wim Wenders. I'm going to go with that. Vim, Vim Vendors. Vendors. Ooh. I think so. So he, I read that he actually like kind of liked 
City of Angels and was like, they did a good job. Like they did it justice by, to my original film, which I was surprised that he would say that, but I, apparently he liked it. I bet uh, Nick Cage probably just ate it up and like, you know, <laughs> was really inspired by the performance of the, the, you know, the original German actor. Cause that's how he seems to roll with everything he does. You know, he he did say that he, uh, he wanted to, after face off and then all these action movies, the rock, I think was, he'd done recently. Uh, he did a bunch of action movies and he wanted to do something more, more spiritual. Uh, and so this is, this is what he decided to take. And he did The Rock in 97, I think, right, Meg? I think, yeah. I think it was 97. All those things came out back to back. So it was like, you're right, right, right before this. So he was just ready to chill and be an angel yeah. boy. So let's pivot back to the actual movie. So okay. we, we learn about the world of the angels. They they do stuff. They hear people's thoughts. They touch people. They stare creepily, you know, and smile. They gather on the beach and listen to music. Like they... Uh, of just, you know, beach full of angels all dressed in identical clothes, just listening to the music at sunrise, right? The music of the spheres, the music of the universe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a pretty good, because they're they're listening to the music of the spheres and everything, it's very peaceful and, and calm. And then they cut, they smash cut to a jackhammer oh, yes. uh, destroying a city street. And uh, that's where you learn about the humans, I guess. <laughs> in general. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, there's humans in this movie also. Um, so we we get to the scene where uh our angel Seth, played by Nicolas Cage, meets Maggie, played by Meg Ryan, um, which is this whole surgery scene, which I thought the surgery scene was like really well done. Like it was there was like I mean for, for a scene that ends with someone literally dying and like tragedy, like it was funny. Like they had um like I feel like they had a lot of sort of like visual jokes. Yeah, when they dropped the heart and it was like sliding out of everyone's hands and just like bopping around the surgery floor. <laughs> it didn't happen. No, the sponge part was funny. Oh, yeah. And then when he, when his heartbeat stops and they all just sort of stare and then like it goes back again. Yeah, it was kind of perfectly like, uh, it was a little bit of a tour de force of editing and, and pacing there. Because this... it was like funny and, and interesting and sad and uh exciting and that's a lot of things i always look to my spouse uh when when there's seen a medical scene in a movie to to gauge how terribly inaccurate it is and uh she didn't really have any any complaints about this one all everything they were saying sounded like something a doctor might say so is the it did feel like they had worked with a, cons a surgery consultant of some sort for sure they they did all it was interesting that meg ryan and other doctors in the movie all held their mask on with their hand did you notice this mm -hmm. instead of having you know it has straps but they everybody was just holding the mask over their mouth with their hand yeah which which you wonder about there was uh the, now the director you said worked for, like did a lot of television directing yeah was was he uh did he do like General Hospital? Or did he do like ER? That would be interesting to find out. Like he did do NYPD Blue, um, which uh, Dennis oh, France. France, yeah, yeah, um, as well as a lot of episodes of Jane the Virgin for some reason. Greg <laughs> uh, okay. Brower was also in NYPD Blue, so it seems like he, this guy just got all his yeah. his buddies yeah. from stack the deck. So, all right, so we have the surgery scene. the The guy dies on the table. We have the very sad scene where uh, uh, the family uh shows up and um then at some point during the surgery scene nick cage and meg ryan like lock eyes and that's a whole thing right right and where he's like 
she saw me, but she like didn't. She clearly didn't actually see him. I don't know. I would love to know what it was she was looking at. If like if you just like didn't have Nick Cage there and she's like looking at the heart <laughs> monitor or she's like looking at like a burrito or like a, I don't know something just in there that'd be funny. I think it's weird. I just want to say I think it's weird that Nicolas Cage has human emotions like falling in love with people if he doesn't have any other, he's not a human. So why does he have a crush on her? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And why does he have, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say also like, it's not even just a crush. He thinks that he's like kind of, it's like a love at first sight, which I also think is stupid as a concept. Yeah. But like the fact that he's like, I am feeling this like deep connection to this human. It's weird to me. Like that's another thing with the world of the film where it's like, so the angels, like they can't touch and they can't taste and they're not really people, but like they could fall in love, but most of the time they don't, but sometimes they do. I don't know, man. And also- This was the, this was the part of the movie where I thought, boy, this movie's really trying to wrestle with some serious stuff. You know, we have, we have, uh, very sad death scenes including a child and we have uh the afterlife and and the, the fate and god and i thought boy I, I really hope this is gonna be able to to cash the checks that it's writing and well we'll get we'll, we'll get to well, that i mean it swings big this movie. Here's my note about this this movie is stupid but kind of profound i think it's like so stupid that it's profound. It went all the way around the circle. Like when people are so left wing that they suddenly become right wing that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. This movie is true. so dumb, but like it really is earnest. And it is actually, I feel like some of the questions that it raises about um, destiny and free will and emotion, human uh, emotion, like what is worth it, regret versus not, re- like these are, I think these are powerful issues and I feel like they're often treated uh, too obliquely. I don't know what the word I'm looking for here, but like people who are making art films try to like get at those things in an overly um, obscured way. And I feel like this movie just like shoots straight for the heart with that stuff. And I appreciate that. That happens. That's rare to me. So just say 300 stars. (laughs) All right, so we get to the point where uh, so Nick Cage is so shook by uh, being stared at that he starts stalking Meg Ryan, right? Like just showing up in her bedroom, like, you know, finding out she has a boyfriend. Uh, That's like, not aged well, this stalking. No. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I know you're an angel, but like that should disqualify him from being her boyfriend later. It's like, sorry, I did like watch you changing and you didn't know that I was there. So like probably we shouldn't date. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The, other, the other thing that we didn't really uh, touch on was the baby that they found in a dumpster behind the House of Pies. Oh yeah, I wrote down that quote too. Um, the House of Pies is a, uh, on a, a diner on. around the corner from our house in Los Angeles. So uh, love, huh. love, a, love a House of Pies reference. You don't get that very often. You have angels. But sorry, that was just like a side note. But like to get back to what you were saying, this is very similar to Next because he has this kind of clairvoyance that puts the woman at a disadvantage and he right. he really shouldn't be like, we shouldn't get on board with him being like, oh yeah, I'm going to date you now because he has like such a like weird, absurd, stalkery kind of like background. He's really right up in there. I mean, I, I, I find it 
I don't know how you film this movie and not realize that it's not going to work when you when you have Nicolas Cage within inches of, of Meg Ryan's face just staring at her, her and hair. she doesn't know. It's yeah. very scary. It's it's a okay, red flag. I mentioned that she, he can read all of her thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I also wrote it's creepy that he's like leaving physical books in her house from the library. That seems like it should be against the rules of being an angel. And I was like, he is going to get in trouble with his boss, which is God yeah. for doing this. His boss would be like, hey, this is not your job. You cannot like go to a library and check out a book and drop it in someone's house. Like, that's messed up. And like, obviously, well, let's, oh, sorry. I was gonna say, let's go back to the scene because I think we, we, we have the library scene, but before that, we have the scene where they meet in the hallway. I don't know, Chris, did we get a clip of that one? Uh, it's no, I don't have a clip of that one, but that's that. Okay. That is in the other. We'll thing. see that later. Yeah, we'll see that later. later. Yeah. yeah. But um, so the scene where they meet in the hallway is like, so at some point, what's totally unclear to me is when can she see him? Is that his choice? Has he always been able to do that? Is that a new thing? They had a line that said they can see you if you want them to. So I think he gets to like, if he wants enough for someone to see him, they will see him. And so why, why was he so shocked when she saw him the first time? I don't, he didn't want her, he didn't want to be seen. And it was just kind of weird that, she looked right at him as if he was there, but yeah. obviously she didn't really see him. I feel like there's two categories. There's wanting someone to see you. And then also if they're like blind or on the verge of death or, or a, kid. a kid or like there's some barrier to them being in the, in the world in a boring way. They're like more in touch with their deep intuition. That's blind people, children, and dead dying people are more in touch with their deep intuition and probably dogs. i find that yes i find that offensive <laughs> when, so when when they do meet in the hallway though uh the the dialogue i think the, i wrote down some of the lines here i think uh please share them he he claims to be a visitor or she asks if he's a visitor he says yes very very cute but uh then meg ryan says who are you visiting and nick cage says you and i thought Okay, immediately tase this guy. Yeah. Well, isn't there, is this a line in that scene where she's like, this is weird or something? And he's like, weird is nice. Oh, no, no, that, no, no, it's like, in the library scene, I think. That's in the library scene. Oh, wait, do I, I think I have that scene. That's, yeah, the library scene. Should I play this, the, the trailer now, or should I wait? Uh, save it. All right, so we'll can save talk. it. Yeah. His performance, you know, Nick Cage's performance in this is just so monotone and, it, you know, it, it, there's nothing. I think he's supposed to be, he's trying to be aloof like an angel, separate from human concerns and, and so on, but it just comes off as serial, you know, serial. serial killer. Yeah. It was, I did. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say what we, um, what we've learned from our Nick Cage stuff is that just everything he does is on purpose. So like, you know, his natural personality is not this for sure. So he made a choice, like, um, so the angels don't blink. That's one thing, if it's something to keep an eye out for. But he made a choice to be like, I'm going to try to act act without doing any expressions or like just that the occasional smile, the creepy will. smile. Uh, I heard that he, what I read, that he also was trying to sort of act like a child, which is also creepy. But because yeah. like the angels are sort of like children, they don't like know how the world works. They don't know a lot of things so he was going for like blank slate childlike i think that and makes they, sense they but in uh, an adult man that ends up being creepy also like the nature of the library like what they're doing there it 
feels like that's just purely for their own entertainment value. Right. So that that's just them hanging out like, hey, we're bored. Let's just listen to people read books. Right. A- angels help all humans in, in whatever difficulties they're having in their life as long as they're at the library. Yeah. <laughs> so how <laughs> do um, they help? So they in, this, in this scene where they meet in the hallway, then uh, she tells him he has to go home. He has to leave. Nicholas Cage then she you know disappears she looks back and he's gone and I and and she's confused about it. she's like where where did he go and I'm thinking wouldn't the right reaction here be to uh, oh this asshole went back into the room that I told him he had to leave and he he's he, yeah. you know but no she's just like what happened he he just disappeared and he's next to that he was next to that empty door and now he's gone yeah, she didn't even go to look to see if he was in the door. <laughs> she was just like, oh, creepy. Like a real shitty Batman. He just walked <laughs> two feet away behind a door. <laughs> okay, so they, uh, he, he meets up with her again at the library. Um, and you said you do have a clip of this scene, Chris? I do have a clip of the library scene. Here we go. Do I kind of, I've cut this up. So it's, it jumps. I live here. What do you do? Read. No, I mean you work. Oh, I'm a messenger. Oh. Well, what kind of messenger? Like a bike messenger? No, I'm a messenger of God. That's when she should have run. I already gave it to you. I'm just jumping around here just to kind of get a sampling of the creepiness. All the other angels are watching. Yeah. So before we uh, talk about that scene, we have to show a brief clip from uh, 1983's Valley Girl. And which... good thing we just happened to watch this in the right order. Because, uh, yeah. You get out of here. <laughs> like, I don't think you'd be any more welcome down there right now. <gasps> I mean, let's leave the party. I'm so sure. <laughs> Kill. I'll meet you out front. Wait a minute. Where are we going to go? I don't care. What are we gonna do? Anything. Okay, but I have oh, to that's enough, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So. Is that on purpose? That had to be on purpose. Yeah, that had to be right. I don't know. I didn't do this research, but I'm imagining it is Meg. I, I didn't I actually found very little about it, just that someone had noted on the IMDb page. I mean I have a note here that's like how much did this romantic vibe influence me in like ninth to ninth, eighth, ninth, and tenth grade about what I thought that I want. Like how much of my dating history is because of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, did you date a lot oh, of men in long coats? Right. It was like he was so sad and so creepy, and I just loved that at the time. <laughs> Sad and creepy. That was my whole thing. Well, if you know, she's, I mean, it worked on Meg Ryan here. She's totally falling for him. She says, uh, she tells somebody, no, uh, she's the person she thinks that Seth is, has, was visiting in the hospital who's, who's in, in medical Dennis trouble. Dennis France. She says, Dennis France, yes. Uh, she says, no dying until you give me Seth's phone number. 
Mm. I thought, that's not what I want to hear from my doctor. No, no, she says it in her head and Seth overhears it. That's all. Oh, she doesn't say it? She doesn't say it out loud. Oh. She's, she's surgery, surgerizing Dennis Franz and she says in her head, no dying on the table till I get Seth's number. Like, oh my God. And so, then, um, so yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile, all this, we have Dennis Franz as a, a, a patient uh we learn more about him later on but for now he's just sort of a patient who is misbehaving and he wants to eat his ice cream a bypass i guess is his surgery or some kind of i imagine clogged artery yeah it's yeah something she's like a specialist that just does like bypasses basically all the time yeah she's a thoracic surgeon but also a pediatric cardiologist She just goes to, I was, I was glad that when they had the the kid have surgery later on that she wasn't like, I'll do it. So it's like, there's no way that she would also do surgery on kids. Right. I will say not to get, to take this into a dark place, but just briefly to take it a dark place. My dad had triple bypass heart surgery a few years ago. And so some parts of this movie were like a little triggering for me on a heart surgery level. And the scene where the family was sobbing because the guy died was very like memorable to me because the, uh, after my dad's surgery, we had to wait in a room for the doctor to come in and be like, this is how the surgery went. And I remember that that was like the worst, literally the worst part of the whole thing was being in that room and waiting. And then he came out and was like, the surgery went great, but it could have not, you know? And yeah. so I could have been those really sad, sobbing movie people. So that was, uh, I thought that was well done for me, but so much heart surgery. It was a lot. It's a lot of a lot heart surgery. Yeah. 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 That was that was yeah. a rough scene for sure. Was, I mean, again, very well acted, very well shot. Very well. There's there's, there's like there's like a good movie in here, just like <laughs> just cut away, dragged down by some really bad ideas. All right, so they're hanging out. Um, we go to Grand Central Market, a location in Los Angeles that I've been to. We, uh, oh my gosh, Chris, I forgot. Hold on. Keep talking talk about All Grand right. Central Market. So they have I've a fun something. date montage where they go to Grand Central Market and they buy produce. And she buys some pears and he's like, tell me what the pear tastes like. <laughs> and she's like, grainy, like sand made of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, erotic. And then they- And guys, <laughs> honestly, I was surprised that he was so into the pear because as we know. You know, I can uh, eat a peach for hours. She was getting out her soundboard for that. I forgot we we made a soundboard last um last last week and I completely forgot about it until now. I had prepared this bit. <laughs> it's not a very good bit. Well, uh, I- my my favorite line that I wrote down is where she goes, um, "Wait, you don't know what a pear tastes like?" And he goes, "I don't know what a pear tastes like to you." <laughs> it's like good. Recovery, I was thinking boss. like this guy to actually date would be so weird because he has no sense of humor just like zero completely humorless guy to date and, and guileless like no guile no humor really yeah not fun to be around in real life i think well here's I, think I agree here's something that that just think about if, if you actually think how this date's playing out they're hanging out for hours together walking around town right uh if th- what's probably happening and this is a terrible thing to say even though you know it's not true about the character Meg Ryan could just be completely self-absorbed and never ask him the question about himself because immediately this falls apart because if she's like, hey, tell me about your parents or some bullshit like that, what's he going to say? Just some cryptic answer? She's going to get more and more sketched out. 
So she probably was just like talking about herself the entire time and just never even bothered to ask him a question. She just has no curiosity about the, the person that she's with. Or maybe she's just, you know, going because she's going through a rough time. Like it's clear she's distraught by this person dying on the operating table. So maybe she's just like, I just want to focus on, you know, this guy who is apparently super hot to her. And just <laughs> so much more. She has chest hair. So. She does have so much chest hair. I don't have any chest hair to show for. <laughs> There's nothing and, and, and he he's very focused on her and i think that given yeah, yes she has the other boyfriend right her 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 uh surgeon boyfriend who just his whole thing is he doesn't want to connect with her he doesn't want to have any conversations he doesn't want to spend any time together so like he's not she's, deep he's right not so deep. she's drawn to him because he feels deep but is the angel deep or is he just a good listener he's I mean, this is this is a whole. There's a whole sequence of scenes here where he's like in her apartment. He's very focused on her, as you said. He's he's in her apartment, watching her do very personal things. She doesn't know he's there. Every time I saw him during this sequence, I thought it was a jump scare. You know, they would it would be her. She would be doing something in the kitchen and like smelling a flower that, that was on her windowsill or something, and then they'd cut to a perpendicular shot and he would be there like face right right up to her like what are you doing now (laughs) and when they talk like in real life he's constantly like kind of gaining ground towards her and she's always moving away that was always like stressed me out in the movie they did it like maybe two or three times in three different scenes where he's just like moving closer to her and she's backing up it's like what a what are they trying to say here women don't like that in real life she didn't appear to like it He's a close talker. Oh. And during a pandemic, it's especially weird to watch people who stand too close to each other and breathe on each other. It's like, whoa. I, I have a, a friend who I, 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 you know, good feelings towards otherwise, but have many experiences pre-pandemic of being in a bar with them and just realizing that like I've backed up like six feet across the bar because they just have kept like advancing closer to me. No like, good. you know, yeah. people just do that. <laughs> In in the interest of I, I'm gonna I'm gonna inject a little uh, adrenaline into our plot. Okay, let's do it, Chris. All right, so let's jump right to Dennis France knows he's unless anyone has anything big, but we must. But like Dennis France finds out he's an angel, and he's teleporting Dennis France around town uh, as he gives him the lowdown of uh, you know what how you turn back into a human or turn into a human, and then Dennis France we see his balls in the ocean. It's true, we do. Oh, I didn't pay close enough attention to see his balls. I think I missed the balls. We rewound it. I think I saw a little Nicolas Cage balls in the shower, but that comes later. Oh, that we, and we also we rewound, rewound that. He's that very too. clearly wearing a like a thong, like a flesh a tone. I know yeah, there's an industry an term for that. I just don't remember what the industry term is for that thing, but it's okay. <laughs> for better or for worse, on this podcast, there is one theme, which is that if there's a chance that we might see balls, we rewind to double check. Yeah. <laughs> That this is not the first time this has come up or the or the nick cage tattoo we always we're always looking out for that his, yeah he's not a, not in this movie not not scene of the bit, is it a big back tattoo yeah, yeah. okay he's got a, a lizard with a top hat uh <laughs> on his back or an alligator or something like that um all right so we uh let's let's, let's skip ahead um we have let's see we're hanging out with dennis franz turns out he's former angel by the way, just a little fun fact about the movie this is based off of. In that movie, the uh, former Angel character is played by Peter Falk, a.k.a. Columbo. Um, he is playing basically himself, an American actor in Germany um, who used to be an angel also. Um, 
Peter Falk was in the last movie we watched next. So we got two Fox in a row. <laughs> I want to make some kind of I don't give a fuck. No more Fox <laughs> left left to give. No more yes, Fox left to give. There it is. That's the joke. <laughs> and then we get to the scene where it all falls apart for Meg Ryan when she finally realizes this guy is a sketch ball. Um, and she realizes it in a really funny way because he goes to cut a cabbage and slices straight through his hand and nothing happens. And she's like, I'm going to stab you and see what that's happens. That's insane. That's insane. Because that if was absolutely an angel, insane. That's, she, she, it's not like she's going to give him a little cut, like which would be the smart thing to do. She like literally stabs through the center of his hand. Yeah. And if that guy, it's like in real life, there'd be like a 100% chance that he's not an angel. Yeah. You, just stab, you are a doctor and you stabbed a guy's hand. Like, and you're, now you have to operate on his hand like that is messed up she tricks him too because she's like let me see your hands you have don't have the hands of a construction worker they're so pale Shling! like what the hell <laughs> insane truly insane she slaps him she slaps him twice in this scene she slaps him really hard in the face and he says i have no sense of touch <laughs> uh, not a second movie this month where Nick Cage has gotten slapped repeatedly. We also watched Moonstruck. Cher slaps him a bunch in Moonstruck. <laughs> She's like, This is one off. scene that I also didn't find believable for a different reason. First of all, she wouldn't stab the guy. Second of all, like she's so angry <clears throat> at him, um, which I would be not angry. I would just be worried that I was losing my own mind. Like, also, I think or at least curious, yeah. like like some sort of like, yeah, I, right. like hold up, tell me everything. Like yeah, or I would faint or something, but like her being angry that he's an angel as didn't make sense. I would argue the least realistic thing about this movie is the, how much it rains in Los Angeles. Yeah, so right after they break up, so she says, I'm dumping you. I want to be with a real human person, which honestly, probably the right choice. Um, it We got a big old thunderstorm. I will say we've lived in Los Angeles for uh, four and a half years or so. It is thunderstormed once. <laughs> one time it there were thunder other times it's rained occasionally but thunderstorm does not happen <laughs> so do the angels control the weather yeah oh yeah maybe i like that the angels in this in this mythos uh are you know people people think of the angels as being like up there you know in in heaven and the sky and the angels are like it, you, the angels are up there but they just like like to sit on high think like they sit on on highway signs or they sit on bridges like they're not in the clouds yeah. they're just like when you say the angels are up there they're like 20 feet up there we didn't see them fly at all did we see them fly well mm -hmm. you technically saw nick cage fly kind of well he fell down he fell. yeah he fell with style yeah good all right so we we get we get the thunderstorm uh she's really sad we uh hear our first song from the soundtrack which goes And they start bringing out all those foster dogs, and then it starts yeah. getting real. <laughs> um, we have a lot of shots of her house, which is stunning. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ryan's house yeah. is... Her houses and her views are, like, insane in this movie. Oh, my God. Her you house is great, but her place in Tahoe. Yeah. Oh, my awesome. God. I want that. That's the one I want. Yeah, like, she just happens to have an uncle that has a friggin' lakeside mansion Yeah. that's empty. That's just, oh, God. Gorgeous styling to that yeah. Tahoe place. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, she has these incredible places she lives, uh, and 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 so she dumps him. She goes to the library just to dump him. 
She's like, I have something important to tell you. You dumped. And, and meanwhile, all the other angels are staring. I think that was a manipulation because the other guy, Dennis Franz was like, he could drop out of the sky for you. And I think she's like hoping to push him over the edge. That's kind of how I, I was like. Wow. That's manipulative. Oh, that is crazy. Yeah. Why didn't she just ask? Yeah, because she knows, but she doesn't she doesn't tell him that she knows. Instead, she's just like, I have to be with a real guy or fuck off forever. She does love him and she doesn't want him to give it up for her. So she's like, I have to cut. Oh, that's another thought. That's an altruistic idea. This part made me think. uh, So Dennis Franz is trying to convince Meg Ryan that that Seth is a good guy and she should she should want him they're they're like sort of working together on this and I thought it would be really great if this movie just went off in a totally different direction and the Seth and and the Dennis Franz character both turn out to be con artists who have this elaborate con where they convince Meg Ryan that one of them's an angel I, I know I know Chris is thinking what I'm thinking what magic man too Yes. Oh, that's what you just said. Sorry. <laughs> well, also, this is, this what is, magic man. I think also it could go off in a different direction that she actually gets together with Dennis France because oh. he's now a human and she's like, fuck off. Well, he's a human. And then, yeah, and he's hotter. So I, what about this? It becomes a thriller where Dennis Franz knows that if he can be next to another angel that falls, he gets his angel status back. Ooh. <laughs> So he's trying to convince him to jump so that he can become an angel again. Even better. I will say I did write down, I actually think the twist that Dennis Franz is an angel is a good twist. I think that's like a good, or was an, was formerly an angel. Like, I think that's good for the plot. It moves the plot along. And it was kind of, I hadn't remembered that part and it surprised me in a fun way. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, that guy is an angel too. So that was cool. So he yeah. jumps off a building. Yep. Uh, and he lands and Nick Offerman's there. Yes. I noticed that. He's the guy that says, is blood red or something? Is it red? Yeah. Uh, it's like, a, oh wait, I, I think I have I have that clip. Uh, Want to go to that clip, Meg? Sure. All right. So this is, this is right. Oh, that's the wrong thing. This is right after he, uh, he falls. Uh, and this is just a kind of quick mashup of the moments after he falls and until he goes to see Meg Ryan. You see me? Can you see me? Oh yeah. We can see you. All right. Yeah. Visible drug This is blood? <laughs> this is blood. Is it red? There he is. Red. <laughs> red. Young Nick Offerman. Down and down and down I go. Round and round and round I go. This was my red, favorite shot red. in the whole movie. Love in the <laughs> spin on <I'm> there. <laughs> A lot of signs that say nude on them. It looks like shit. <laughs> so much. I have to say, what? Oh, guys, I have to say that the part where he wakes up as a human and he's bleeding and grinning and he's wild is so vampire's kiss. Yes. yes. Vampire's kiss where he's yes. like, can you see me? And then he's like, and his eyes are crazy. And he's like, is this blood? Like, it's a hundred. Every part of that, I feel like, is just him redoing his vampire's kiss. You could and clip. I'm going. <laughs> but you could cut Vampire's Kiss where he's walking around with a stick and then just yes. cut it there and then put it right to that Meg Ryan scene where he walks up to the door because he looks exactly the same. He's all run down. Or the scene shit. where he's wandering around in the street being like, doop, 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 doop. That's like him with the. That's very Vampire's Kiss, too. Just cut that right that in. Whole, 
Yeah. I thought this whole sequence was was trying to, to be was trying to do the thing where oh you you should be nice to anybody even if they look like the, like somebody you wouldn't want to meet because they might be an actual secret angel uh, in disguise. So you know he he gets he gets more and more more and more messed up from the rain and the Louis, well, I think he loses his shoes or loses some some garment. He gets, he gets he gets mugged. Yes. Which is a theme in It Could Happen to You, where their characters are nice to a random guy who ends up being a reporter named Angel and ends up saving their butts financially. Okay. Who's a random random homeless guy. Wow. Uh, uh, Brendan has a really good observation here. And it's like, right when they switched from him being human to him, I mean, him being an angel being human, they did like different camera work to make it like more chaotic, feel more like a, like a handheld thing. That's a pretty good observation. Uh, in the uh, in the in Wings of Desire, it's it's done with black and white and color. So the angels see in black and white, and the humans when humans are on screen, it's all color. <laughs> all right, so we are in Lake Tahoe. Everything is great. Nothing can possibly go wrong. They're in love. He's learning about being a human. He's happy, and that's where the movie ends, guys. What a beautiful movie. Yeah. So glad they got to be happy. I'm so together. glad in the middle of the broke. sex scene, it ends in the middle of the sex scene where he's like his mouth is open. It's very it's very open. Uh, oh, I have man. that clip, but I don't know if don't we should play it. it. <laughs> I don't know if that'll get us banned on Twitch or not, but uh should I I'll play like a no, little No, Chris. A tiny a, a moment. A moment. I don't think there are nipples. Can you just play the part where he says warm? This is it. <laughs> I can't. It okay. feels erotic. <laughs> All right, enough. We've had enough. And he goes, and then he says, warm, and then he says, aching. Warm, right? aching. <laughs> okay, here's a, since this is going to get weird. When you guys watch sex scenes in movies, do you ever try to figure out what is not being shown? Like, are they just doing hand stuff? Or like, <laughs> like they just want to be like, what are you guys doing? At what point? okay i mean i'm just like when they could both have pants on and she's putting his hand on like her boob and yeah and, feels he warm. Warm. and he says achy <laughs> or she takes his hand and puts it right in the fireplace that's right next to them and he's like it's warm <laughs> and then there's the I knee porn there's like a lot the of knee that happens i just want to say like me uh in ninth grade or whatever like this was the most of anything that has ever it's very ever it's seen. it's relative like I mean, this is our, I think, 22nd episode, and this is the most explicit sex scene we've seen. It's not that explicit. I mean, let's be right. honest. Right, I know. It's not that really explicit. Turned on. Um, but I was, I did write a thing about that this movie, one thing I like about this movie, actually, uh, which is going to sound corny, is that it is very, it is a sensual movie. Uh, not just like a romantic movie or sexy movie. I know this is terrible. But it's like the ocean swimming, the fruit, the touching. Like it is very based around the five senses, and it is meant to be sort of like sumptuous and sensual as a film. And I think it succeeds in that. Other than yeah. Nicolas Cage being gross, but with yeah. his mouth too far open. But you know. Well, we do have to talk about. The, I know we acted like it ended in the sex scene, but we yeah, do have to just, talk about the end of the let's film. Let's talk about the ending and wrap, wrap this Spoiler up. Spoiler alert. So, uh, she dies. She dies. She's on a bike. She does this for a while. For like 10 solid minutes, she goes no hands, close her eyes. 
On a we bike. see a lot of drone shots of Tahoe. Chris and I start talking about maybe once the pandemic's over, we'll go to Lake Tahoe because <laughs> damn, <laughs> looks amazing. And did you know that, did you feel the death coming or, cause I know you had it spoiled for you, Meg, right? Yes. And I had seen it. And I like remembered halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, I know what's happening. But Dan, did you know what was going to happen? I mean, when she was biking, yeah. Yeah. When she was biking with no hands, just rolling down the hill, I thought, yeah, okay. I see what's going on. I thought the bike was sort of a Chekhov's gun from like the get go at the very beginning of the movie because Mm. there's like always like weaving through traffic. It's very stressful. She does not look like she's using good biking. She just seems like it's it's intense on the bike from the beginning of the movie. So no I feel helmet. like it's setting us up for a third act. That's a great point. She wore a helmet when she biked to work, but that she didn't wear a helmet when she was biking on vacation. That's a PSA, guys. My my impression of this death scene was that Nicolas Cage's character was was very uh, it was all about him. For, for for him, you know, she she was lying there dying, and he was like, but I I need to I need to touch you and feel you, and like this isn't fair. fair. And I if I were Meg Ryan, I'd be like, dude, I'm I'm the one dying here. Like, yeah, she apologized. You talk about me. <laughs> she apologized also, for dying. A very a very unreal a very I don't know. Like, she's looking pretty good for someone who just is about to die. I wrote dying with lip gloss. Yeah. <laughs> So much makeup, most hilarious dead person face ever. She like, she dies, she's like, uh, and there's one tear and her and her makeup is impeccable. <laughs> and then she's like, uh, and her eyes just like open a little wider and she's like, at the end. And that's what she looks like dead. Brent, she's just like. Brendan uh, noted that she doesn't even know proper hand sin- signaling practices for her. Hey, that wouldn't have helped her with that truck. She was hand signaling. She had both her hands out. It was signaling. She was hand signaling like, don't be there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, she, so, she didn't look like she was going to die. All they, had, they had a blanket over her. Her head no, was not injured at all. Like, she didn't have a helmet on. She hit a wall of logs, and her head was fine. Yeah. Like, I kept thinking they were going to pull back the blanket, and she was going to be all bloody or something. Or like, Dang, like, no legs. I thought she was going to – he was going to be like, you're fine. You're going to be fine. And, and then, then one of those reveals where you're like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like her body is ripped in half. Like, that would be great. <laughs> so, so she dies. Would you say that she dies in the How I would say that. The name of Zeus's <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> so, so she dies. He's really sad. We see a lot of him being sad in Grand Central Market. He's sad at her funeral. It's raining Peter a Gabriel lot. Here. Is that when we get Peter Gabriel? Nice. He starts loading he up on pears. pears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we end with the pear theme. And then he goes to the beach and he goes swimming in his clothes while Cassiel smiles. He says to Cassiel, I would rather have had one breath of her hair, one kiss of her mouth, one one touch of her hand than to spend eternity without her. One. I wrote that down. (laughs) So at the end. That's a bad line. That's a bad line. At the end of this One breath of her hair, lol. That's what I wrote. One (laughs) breath. Her hair, as you just getting hair all up in your nose. <laughs> I don't want a breath of a hair at all. Just one. <laughs> One's enough. Just yeah, that that doesn't do much for me. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 armpit hair. I thought he was gonna drown himself so he could go to heaven and be with. No, that's what I thought too. Raymond. 
like you know he's he, he's gonna kill himself at the end and and that you know cassiel smiling like yes another soul we're taking another one he's back baby <laughs> i wrote that this movie is both life positive and death positive which is rare for a movie it's like life is good Death is also okay. These things are both normal and that's okay, which I liked. I, I don't know if it was a, I was like, I hope it's not pro-life. I don't, we didn't get a sense of that. No, I don't think so. I, I read that Nicolas Cage won a 1999 Blockbuster Entertainment Award for this movie for favorite actor is what they call the, call the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. Um, so I tried to find the clip of, of him accepting that award there. I found Laura Dern, giving him an award for a different movie. Um, but I did find a promo for the 1999 Blockbuster Entertainment Awards, which featured performances by InSync, Christopher Cross, Ricky Martin, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Sarah McLachlan, and Tim McGraw, which I thought was a pretty good Yeah, good lineup. Out. Now so the Blockbuster, Blockbuster Entertainment Award might be legit. And Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. That's so Yeah, RIP Blockbuster. Yeah. So any final thoughts on this before we do a little pivot? Mm. You, well, well, you'll have a chance to. to oh, yeah. Because I think this is a good time, Chris, if you're ready. Yes. All right. So I, when watching this, we talked about it a lot. There's a lot of creepiness. And uh, we did this before for another movie for Family Man. There were some scenes that lent itself to, to turn this movie into like a horror thriller. So I read it a, tra- a trailer for this movie as if it were some kind of a horror thriller movie. So uh, enjoy. Hopefully I have this set up correctly and it plays. Excuse me. Are you a visitor? Are you in despair? People die. People die when their bodies give out him to live. He is living. Just not the way you think. How did you know my name? <laughs> What's yours? Seth. All it rules, Chris. City of Angels is a horror thriller. We'll put that up on our YouTube or Instagram or whatever. You guys could see that later. It, it really, it, th- there's been other movies I feel like where we talked about re editing it, but like this one was just no brainer. You wouldn't even have to edit it that much. You just have to change the soundtrack in this movie. That's a like yeah. creepier. Just play the whole thing as is. I agree. Yeah. Or take no music, just take all the music out and it's just like make your own calls. Don't put goo goo dolls in there. People be like, this is way creepy. Yeah. Let's, Chris, let's go over, let's check in with our bingo board. I don't think we're going to get any bingos today, but gosh, we've been trying, huh? Yeah. We got some hard ones. We got some hard ones. You got seeing a therapist, cockroaches. He has a Southern accent. He's riding a motorcycle, undercover fancy cage, underwater scuba propeller. We're really going (laughs) to regret that one. Non-native English speaking love interest. 
heist and pregnant girlfriends and wives. None of these things happen in this movie. Oh, man. Not a single ex to be had. Ugh. She should have gotten pregnant with like a weird angel baby. That would have been good. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that next next week so we're doing bad lieutenant i feel like there's some addiction themes in that so we might get that and also it's port of call new orleans so maybe he has a southern accent i haven't maybe. seen this movie and maybe there's a motorcycle so we, we, we might get in luck we might, we might be all right uh oh and his uh love interest i think well i don't know i've never seen the movie let's go to the trivia section i got a little bit all of trivia right. for you guys I love how some of our sections have cool intros and others don't. <laughs> but all right. Uh, so when Maggie asks Seth what she do- he does for a living, he says that he's a messenger. I don't know if you guys know this, but the Greek word for messenger is angelos. And that's where the word angel comes from. So I mean, also the foreshadowing that Dennis France's last name is messenger and he calls himself a messenger all the time. And yeah, yeah. messenger is a theme here. Um, so the, uh, you know, one might argue that Nicolas Cage is miscast in this movie. Uh, now here's the question. Would Johnny Depp have been any better? Cause he was also supposed to be the lead for this. Oh, I think he would have been better. I think he, I think he would have put more into, into, I, I don't know. He, he would have come up with a more interesting way to express that he was, he was an angel. I thought the the Nicholas Cage, you know, Johnny Depp leaves everything out on the stage. Nicholas Cage was really pulling back here, and I thought it was it not helping. Also, Johnny it's Depp hard has for that. Me to imagine. He's got at that time he had like that next level hotness. You know what I mean? Like Nick Cage is not that hot. Yeah, I evidently he was in 1990. That's what people thought was hot. I mean, I thought it was hot when I was. 13 (laughs) but you know it was a low bar for me then you know there just wasn't i wasn't watching a lot of romance movies so i don't know there was a scene where like he has these enormous arms and i wrote that like when he becomes a human there's this like scene i guess the scene where his like angel friend comes and he's like sort of shirtless or something or maybe he's like sad in his house and shirtless and i wrote um such big arms and no one to share it with. Uh-huh. Sure. Right. Would you, you? Are you meaning that you say that 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 uh that um his? Hold on, I don't know how to phrase this, but <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to phrase it. Wait, we have we we glossed over something. He's in her house at the end. He just takes her fucking house. Oh, he took her house. Ooh, ooh, that's weird. Told you it was a con. <gasps> what the hell? What does that even mean? How did he pull that one off? I mean, I I would take that house too. It's a great house, great views. Probably put in some window screens, but other than that, good to go. Oh. All right, we got another fact. Uh, when it was released in the USA, it was preceded by a cartoon called Another Froggy Evening, which stars Mich- Michigan J. Frog. The the it's the um the Mary oh, Melanie's oh, Frog. So this you go see this movie, and the first thing you'd see before that is a far a frog cartoon. <laughs> the, uh, the predecessor is, to the Pixar uh, shorts, I imagine. Uh, Brendan in the audience is familiar with another Froggy Evening, which we should all watch sometime later, so we know what this is. Did they consider um, I, this? Is back to your other trivia fact. Did they consider yeah. John Travolta for this one? Because I remember they do consider him for a lot of like interchangeable with him and, and Nick Cage. And John Travolta was I, Michael. Well, here's the question: Is what year was the movie Michael? I think that was because, '96, but I'm just pulling that right out of my ass. 
Uh, uh, because if it was before, then probably they would be like, ah, oh, that's too on the nose. 96, it was definitely you're right. Then. That was so a solid. Guess. I can't imagine they considered him for this because it would be two two angel movies in a row. But I bet everyone was like, oh, there they go. Michael to me um, was a much better angel movie. Just gonna throw that out there. It was it was very much like a. a I don't know why why there were so many angel movies in the nineties. The, these two in particular seem like sort of a a Pixar makes something and then DreamWorks does the exact same movie yeah. but with yeah. slightly different characters. You sort also of thing. you had also uh, the the Touched by an Angel TV series. You had Angels of the Outfield. Uh, well, they had they had a line in the movie where somebody was like, yeah, they don't ever, be- no one believes in angels anymore. Like they're forgetting us or whatever. And I read a thing that was like, uh, actually that was untrue at the time. Like lots of people were interested in angels. Really? Angel boom at that time. Angel boom. All right, I got one more. <laughs> what YouTube commenter said, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you guys remember when uh, he fell and there was a bunch of flashes of life from whatever? And we see a pregnant woman's belly briefly. That pregnant woman is Elizabeth Shue, um, who was actually pregnant at the time. Elizabeth Shue obviously was the other actress in Leaving Las Vegas. Um, and so they worked together two years ago and she was somehow hired for the role as a uh, pregnant belly. They just had footage of her lying around being pregnant and why not? It's Nicholas life. Cage took it while he was in her house watching her sleeping. Probably. And they didn't have cell phones back then, so he was like using a full-size camera. <laughs> but wait, all right, I have a question. What I thought, this is my interpretation of those flashes, was when he became human, he had to have a history or else it like breaks the world. So like that is his history or something. Like that was him as a kid. Like that, you know what I mean? So I thought like maybe that he he also inherited an entire life, but maybe that's that doesn't make sense because I guess what the face said he had no history, Dennis Bronze. So I don't know. Never mind, retracted. All right, we uh, let's go and rank this movie, guys. All right, we've been talking for a while. Let's get our thoughts down. That's right. Uh, oh, I gotta fix the thing, but we're good. Don't worry. Don't worry. We got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, take us there, Chris. All right, time to rank the cage. All right, so let's start off. Uh, this is out of 10. You guys have done this before. Um, I'm going to sneak away for just two seconds. You guys start ranking. Wait, you yeah, guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, so when you guys did your own uh, like marathon or whatever, you guys did practice using our categories? We did. Oh, my God. That is awesome. National treasure. Tens across the board. See? Now, National Treasure, I think, is one in our ranking that is screwed up. It got really low for some reason, but it's my favorite episode. It also, it's not a bad movie. It's not as bad as some of the ones that's next to. So I think it's a great movie, personally. Yeah, it is a pretty good movie. I don't know why it got so low, but anyway. But as you'll see soon, I have low standards. So. <laughs> all right, I'm really curious to see what you guys hear, what you guys think about all this. So let's let's get right to it. Does anyone feel like so the cast? This is everybody except for Nick Cage. Usually, how we rate this is like. You know, was the cast full of people you recognize? Are you excited about it? Were they like, a, you know, a good, a good, a, you know, a good cast? Like, how was their, not generally their acting, because we have a separate category for that, but just like the people they picked, were they well cast? I'm going to give that an eight. Eight. I'm going to give that a five. <laughs> a five? Whoa, you guys are, why Why are you guys on the other end of the spectrum here? I want to hear why you're giving this a five. Well, I thought it had Nicolas Cage, who's always great. Meg Ryan at the height of her powers. Uh, Dennis France does a really good job and he he's was notable. 
Um, the other guy who I like, who's in also in NYPD Blue, Andre Brower. Is yeah, that his name. Um, and Nick Offerman is is it Offerman or Offerman? Anyway, he's in it, so that's great. So I just thought, you know, not perfect but good. Eight. All right, what's 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 your Dan? What do you think, Dan? I just wasn't that excited to see anybody do any of the things <laughs> I was watching on screen. Hey, who plays the Fair boring enough. boyfriend? He seemed famous too. He oh, he was uh, the bad Calm guy from Fury. Com- yeah, he was in Chronicles of Riddick. He was the bad guy. Huh? I haven't seen that. Uh, All right, I'm gonna shoot the the middle here and give it a good old seven or er, six five six five ah seven seven because I, I, I can we do half points I, yes. yeah you can do whatever you want okay i'm gonna give it a seven too i did i was excited to see a lot of people there it wasn't like a crazy loaded cast uh, one person we didn't mention the uh dennis franz's wife has a very minor role in moonstruck as a, a woman who works at the bakery that nick cage works at. that's so. dennis franz's wife yeah no i'm sorry i'm wrong i'm wrong not Dennis Franz's wife, the uh, the lady the, who the, works with the babies, the baby, baby doctor, baby lady. Oh yeah, I, I got so confused. I'm like, wait, in real life, is she Dennis Franz's wife, and she's in both those movies? Anyway, no, I got I... confused about what actress it was. Okay, all right, acting, and this is not Nick Cage's acting. So uh, everyone else is acting. We've set it up this way, and we have made our bed, and we will lie in it. All right, I'll give everyone else a seven point five. Who's not Nicolas Cage? Uh, I, I would I would think the acting in this was really good except Nicolas Cage, so I'm gonna go with eight. I uh, yeah, I thought it was very compelling. I'm also gonna give it an eight. I'm gonna regret doing this, but I'm gonna give it a nine. I thought it was very solidly acted. Wow. Yeah. I, I went too low, but it's too late now. Oh. How I how fun was this movie on a scale of one to ten? Fun. I love it, but I don't know if it's fun. <laughs> See, this is how movies end up getting rated lower than you think they should be because our categories are strange. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say fun scale is 6.5. 6.5. Oh, I had a blast watching this. I would give it a nine for fun. I, I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, I thought it was actually... Wait, hold on. Are you being <laughs> yeah. ironic, Dan? No, no, no. I thought it was super fun to watch. I I hated it. <laughs> Although now I'm like, what does fun mean? Because I was like totally glued to the screen for the whole time. So is that fun? I don't know. But it was it was compelling. But I don't know. I don't know about fun. I'll say seven. Can you change mine to a seven? Of course. I I think that I did. It was not fun at parts to watch, but they did do a lot of good stuff um, with like just keep your interest of the like this kind of fun stuff with the the angel lore and all that stuff. Uh, so. I, I think I'm going to go with, um, let's say, I'm going to give it a seven. This is a very uh, disparate one. I'm going to give it a three. I didn't think it was a particularly fun movie. I thought it was so serious. Like there was some stuff at the beginning with Meg Ryan in the surgery that I thought was fun, but just so serious. Like, you know, watching like a kid die, watching the family's reaction to grief. Like I did not find this a fun movie face off also has a kid dying and that is a 10 for fun just saying anyway. <laughs> but it's played differently yeah i see I, you know i thought it was fun because it took itself so seriously and it was so it was so poorly executed i thought just the 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 the, diff, the distance between what they were trying to do and what they achieved was really was fun, fun for me this is a i think everyone interprets it their own way i think we're both right the technical question is now soundtrack. I don't know. 
uh, soundtrack, and but also just like special effects. And they had a costumes. lot of costumes. Yeah, the, the medical stuff. You know, a lot of stuff there. I'm gonna give that a nine. Well done, everyone. Especially I'm gonna give it that seven. Uh, I, I'm gonna agree with Dan. I really thought the medical stuff, like Mary said, was very well done. Um, but I think in terms of like technical challenges, that's probably they didn't even do much for the death scene. So like there was, they didn't even actually play that out. It was just uh, you just see the aftermath. So I'm gonna say seven. Oh, this is tough because there's some stuff that's good. Obviously, the soundtrack is good. The medical stuff is good. The costumes are bad, very bad. Meg Ryan is dressed not very well. Like they don't give her very flattering outfits. Um, I am very torn. I'm gonna say right down the middle because the goods and the bads. Give me a five for that. They counteract each other. I think All right. you would, if you were going to be at Dress Angels, you'd probably put them in something less conspicuous than a winter coat in the middle of fucking Los Angeles. But anyway. All right. That works in mysterious ways. <laughs> hey, given how much it rains in this movie, it yeah. makes sense. They're dressed appropriately. Okay, Rachel, overall, how many uh, stars? Nine. Nine overall. Oh, nine. oh, that was a six. Nine overall. It's not. It's not fun, and technically, it's not that great. And the acting is depends, but <laughs> uh, it it's really resonates with me through the ages, and that's why I give it a nine. It's not a perfect movie, therefore not a ten. Um, but it is. I would watch it again and again, and I have. So. I'm, I'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a five for overall which is the lowest of my scores i'm gonna give this a six overall uh yeah six uh guys i wrote uh to explain why i love it i wrote um i gotta find this hang on she's like got so many papers sexy, sexy existential shameless that's all I need in a movie. Sexy, existential, and The lost TLC ah. album. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I just, I, I don't know, guys. I'm going to give it a four. I think, I don't know. Wow. I can't justify giving it anymore. This is the all most right, erratically bonus. scoring movie we've ever done. They're all over the place here. The scores are all over the place. It, yeah. It's it's hard because there's some things about it that are really good. This is um, a score that represents Nick Cage's entire career when you think about it. It's all over the place. You never know. But anyway. I think this movie's going to end up beating out movies that we're very annoyed that it beat out and we're going to be mad about it. But what's done is done. Rachel bonus points time. <laughs> Add or take away a single bonus point for something that you liked or disliked about this movie. I'm adding a point because of the ineffable quality of magic that is there. I'm <laughs> subtracting a point for the ineffable quality of magic. <laughs> uh, Nick Offerman gets an extra point. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm subtracting a point because I thought that the song Uninvited should have been in the movie since it's on the soundtrack. And yeah. I kept waiting for it to show up, and it never did. Got the snub. It's at the end, right? Isn't isn't it the song that plays in the credits, or am I wrong? Yeah, is the it? credits. Did we turn off the? We could turn off the credits immediately. Never do that. <laughs> There's a post. We were just like, scene. God damn it! Uh, All I, right, I have to change mine. Then um, I'm going to take away a point for uh, not covering up Nick Cage's chest hair. That was just a <laughs> mistake. His chest hair through the movies needs to be documented and, and discussed. I think it does stay pretty constant, aside from Valley Girl, where he shaves it into a triangle for some reason. <laughs> Who knows what that was about. 
Is it time? Let's see where we. All right. Yeah, let's see where we end up, and I'm sure we're gonna be pissed off about it. Okay. Where All is right. it? Oh God. Wow. Number eight. Number eight, City of Angels. Uh, you can't see it because it's blocked by us, but number 11 is wild at heart right now. Okay. I cannot believe that National Treasure is so low. That is a travesty. Just we my- were very grumpy when we ranked National <laughs> Treasure. <laughs> it was a two and a half hour long podcast. We, we really, had a great time. It was fun, but we uh we got punchy towards the end. I All right, so I don't, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, is City of Angels better than Gone in 60 Seconds? It's about the same in my mind. I think it's in good company where it is. I don't know. It's better. I think Mom and Dad is a better movie than City of Angels, in my personal opinion. But yeah, where's well, I'm having trouble reading it. Where's Vampire's Kiss? Oh, that is way down there at number, number thirteen. Number thirteen. Okay, yeah, that should be even farther down. But yeah, <laughs> I just love that Leaving Las Vegas is like like his Oscar winning role is like way down on the list. <laughs> Maybe it's not fun. To exactly, watch, it's know. like oh. a zero fun score did that to that movie. Basically, that's the least fun movie I've ever seen. And a zero acting score did that to National Treasure. That's why it's so low. It's yeah, because like the acting in National Treasure is really drops bad. Drops way down. All right, let's let's get into the cage gauge. Our cage gauge. Oh, sorry. Our cage gauge is a two-axis plot of Cage's trademark craziness versus his uh his his acting ability in a film. So it's the same thing. It's scored out of ten. Uh, I just have to make sure that I. I didn't set this up beforehand, so I'm gonna quickly throw in a little average thing so that I can average your guys' scores. And we need some, we need some techno music. For Maybe this. Chris, Chris, why don't you just uh, make them agree on a score? Oh. Do you agree? Okay. Well, can I? So we pick one <laughs> score for craziness and one score for acting. Yeah, yes. it's out of ten okay. for each one. Yeah, Chris, I, make I'm, them agree. I'm going to. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Chris. Okay. Let them agree on a score. Well, I was going to argue that craziness should be a five because it's not like super intense, like vampires kiss crazy, except in that one scene or like those two scenes. But he's like serial killer crazy, which right. is a certain kind of crazy. So I was like, it was so subdued for me. I would give it a two for a craziness. Two for craziness. OK, so that's a three point five average. 3.5, okay. Thumbs up. All right. All right. I I. I think the only craziness we got, well, we get get some subtle craziness, but not that like Nick until the very end. Then we got some like Nick Cage. So I'm 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 right there with you guys. I'm gonna give it a three because it really wasn't that crazy. I'm gonna give it a four. He had some scenes. Four. All right. All right. His acting ability in this film. Where would you guys put this? I would also give that a two. <laughs> I thought say, it was very bad. I'm gonna say five point five. Uh, And I'm curious just why. It's just, yeah, like Dan is saying, it's very subdued. It was very flat and it was also creepy when I I think it shouldn't have been creepy. Like he should have been seductive, but he was creepy. I guess he was creepy and seductive. I don't know, but weird. It was weird. Uh, I feel like he was trying to play innocent and it did not translate that way at all. So I... uh, but I'm going to also um, give him a two. Yeah, two to me as well. I know it was a choice, but I did not care for it. 
So this right. lands us in probably the least favorable quadrant you want to be in, in the cage gauge, which is the less crazy <laughs> bad acting quadrant. <laughs> That's How many other movies are in over there? Oh, uh, let's see. We got, uh, we got. I think it's about 20 other movies. Oh, no. In this quadrant, <laughs> oh, oh, though, in that, one, two, in three, four, five, six, seven, or like seven or eight movies. In this quadrant, you got the worst film on the list, USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. You got Next. You've got a uh, uh, national treasure in this quadrant. I know some people might disagree with that, but he he is very subdued and his acting is very poor in that film. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's trying to control himself in that one. The movie, The Family Man. Um, the the movie, uh, uh, It Could Happen to You is in this quadrant, and Eight Millimeter is in this quadrant. So Ugh. a lot of a lot of like unfun movies end up in this quadrant because like the more crazy it is, the more fun that's going to be to watch. So I I think that's why this ends up being that way where's face off is that good and crazy or bad and crazy it's in the uh uh bad and that, all bad the way to crazy. the right that's that's face off right there it's in the bad and crazy quadrant i can't wait to find out when you finish watching all of these movies you can calculate the correlation coefficient here <laughs> and we'll know how, how much the craziness pretty, uh, diagonal there, yeah right? that's oh, what yeah. i forgot that you guys are math people <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I, what's really crazy to me about this what's starting to happen is you could almost plot just a simple like diagonal line like y equals x uh yeah. with a certain amount of error it doesn't really stray too far into these corners at all which would be less crazy good acting or like extremely bad acting and extremely crazy which is funny hmm. well so, there it is there it is do with Guys, that what you will we have a special treat to end this show um one of us is a professional musician and is going to be doing a little medley of songs from the City of Angels. You guys want the whole medley? It's five minutes long. How do you feel maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, what, what, do, do, maybe, maybe do like four minutes of it. You tell okay. me. Whatever. It's hard to shorten. So we'll Oh, just... then don't shorten it. Oh, do the whole thing. Do we'll the do whole, whole thing. Just do, do, the, it. do the whole fucking thing. All right. Uh, I just made this up today, and we're going to do the disclaimer section. I just I just arranged this today, and I'm not a, uh, I'm an intermediate guitarist, so here we go. Uh, oh, and it's in order from, like, least known to most known, but I included some songs that I really like from the soundtrack that I felt like are not, they don't get enough play. Here we go. It was only one hour ago. It was all so different. It was so different from an hour ago. Nothing yet is really sunk in. Looks like it always did. This flesh and bone is just the way that we are tied in. But there's no one home. I agree. such a pretty smile it's a shame the things you hide behind it let them go give it up for a while Thank you.
invited come back come back in from the cold me feel like a sticky pistol leaning into a stamen. <laughs> you make me feel like I want to be a dumb blonde in a centerfold, the girl next door. And I would open up the door and be all wet with my tits soaking through this tiny little t-shirt that I'm wearing and you would open up the door and tie me up to the bed like anyone worthy I am flattered by your fascination with me like any hot-blooded woman I have simply wanted an object to crave. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance, for the break that would make it okay. There's always some reason to feel not good enough and it's hard at the end of the day and i'd give up forever to touch you because i know that you feel me somehow you're the closest to heaven that i'll ever be and i don't want to go home right now and i don't want the world to see me because i don't think that they'd understand when everything's made to be broken i just want you to know who i am yay wow that was awesome thanks Rachel. guys Great job. Wow. Thank you so much for doing that, Rachel, learning it for the show. Very welcome. That was incredible. That was I try. It was our... hard to get through the Paula Cole, I'll be honest. Was <laughs> that who that was? Something. Yeah. Oh my god. That's from the soundtrack? Yeah, it was a the yeah. word the word horny appears in that song. Yeah, it's and the I just think where she says you make that's... feel like a candy apple red and horny. Sorry. Is a candy apple horny? It, I mean, it's red. Yeah, that song really goes places. I mean, we know the we know the horniest fruit, guys. You know, I can uh, <laughs> eat a peach for hours. That's the horniest fruit. Ah, uh, all right. All right, that was beautiful, Rachel. So, um, what uh, if people want to see more of your music? What's the best way for them to find? Oh it? yeah. So if people want to uh, hear more music, they can go to Spotify. Rachel Keel, K I E L. Um, and they can also find me on Bandcamp. I have a new album out called Dream Logic. So you can buy it on vinyl. You can buy it on CD, buy it on digital. Yes, buy Rachel's album. It's really great. Thanks. Um, Dan, anything going on in your life you want to promote? 
If anybody wants to see any of the code that I have written, they can uh, get a job at the company that I work for and go look at the source code. And, you know, I've got some good comments in there. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to check it out. Dan, you're really hamming up the some guy role that you promised. Dan Slimman on GitHub. <laughs> some guy. Fork off some his guy. code uh, on GitHub. Guys, we are at the end of our show. We have done it. Uh, this was a long one. We had a lot, yeah. of, lot to say. It's a long, long boy. Movie. Oh, um, I wanna, we never do this at the end. Just any comments you may have, anything you want to contribute, we'll tell. We'll talk about it on the air. Uh, email us at managerscomedy. Uh, sorry, managerscomedy at gmail.com. We never say that in the air, but it's available if you want to. If you have two cents you'd like to inject about uh, about this, do you, this movie. Yeah, we can have letters from the letters from the reader. Do you check that? Webs oh yeah and i would love to do a segment if we had more you know but we have not received one but maybe we could if i all right, all oh, right. also on, on friday night 7 p.m pacific we do a, a manager uh we do another show it's an improv show every friday night 7 p.m pacific it's fun yeah called virtual improv <laughs> i'm selling uh, so it i know but you're selling it every it's the same Twitch channel. Um, so we are back next week. We are going to be finally watching Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. Chris and I have never seen this movie. It is, I know I say this all the time about the movies, but it's absolutely one of our most requested ones. Uh, we will be discussing it with our friend Shane Taylor. Um, and that's that's the next episode. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel, for performing. Thank you, Dan, for being some guy we know. And also have a great time. <laughs> we will see you all next week. Have a good night. Good night. Unlocking the Cage is produced by the Manager Special. Music by Will Janetta. Check out our other shows, as well as sketches, animation, and short films at managerscomedy.com.